to a brand new edition of geek to me Radio. Today we are joined by voice actor Laura Summer talking all about her work in the beloved series The Real Ghostbusters. She'll get into technical details of her job. All that and more, stand by. Tuning in, uh, thank you very much. I'm your host, James Enstall. Every week we try to bring you someone new and exciting in the world of pop culture. And as we ramp up to our 200th show, we're doing some giveaways. So make sure you follow me on Twitter at Radio and check out those as well. Uh, right now, let's just jump right in with our first guest. Right now we're talking with Laura Summer, a voiceover actress. She's done a lot of projects that you're familiar with, including The Real Ghostbusters, which is celebrating its 34th anniversary this year. Laura, how are you? I'm great. How are you, James? Doing well. Thanks so much for your time. It's very exciting to talk to people who were voices from my childhood. This is great. <laughs> That's funny. I was a, a child, too, sort of. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, you were barely in your twenties when you got the role of Janine in the Real Ghostbusters, and there you right. are working with Frank Welker and Maurice Lamarche. What was the uh, what was the environment like when you were doing this particular project? Well, um, it was really casual, and I had done a lot of commercials uh, on the East Coast, and I thought I was, you know, I had a lot of experience. I didn't even know that it was like a big deal. Really? I mean, oh, so, you know, I'd done a lot of radio. I'd done, you know, um, just a lot of other things. So this was the first cartoon I auditioned for, and I got it. And uh, so it was just very casual. I mean, uh, Lorenzo Music and Frank Welker were the uh, experienced ones. Um, Arsenio Hall and Maurice and myself were, I don't know how much animation they had done, you know, prior to that, but everybody was really nice. And uh, the first, uh, I think the first episode took like eight hours, which is really unusual. And they quickly, uh, that original director did not last. And I remember um, Lorenzo saying something to me like, it's never like this. I go, oh, and I didn't know, and I didn't get, I got the show just kind of talking like in my own voice, but, you know, a little younger than I'm talking now, my voice was a little higher, and then they were like consulting, and then they said, oh, could you do a New York accent, and I said, "Uh, sure, 
you know, being from New York and my mother had a very thick Brooklyn accent. So <laughs> that wasn't really, that was so, certainly in my wheelhouse. And so I said, oh, like this, like hello, Ghostbusters. And I'd never, I didn't see the movie, you know, it wasn't based on anything. I just, the agent sent me and it was the first thing and they sent me and blah, blah. And I got it. And so uh, then we got a different director come in, and then the shows, in my recollection, took less than two hours to do mm. the whole show. And you just get a script right there, usually. Sometimes they'd send it in advance, but you really just get it and just read through it. And if I'm not mistaken, that was still, it's not done this way anymore, obviously. Voiceover people, especially now during uh, COVID, are doing everything remotely and they're sending their stuff in. Technology's come a long way, the way we do voiceover. But back then, were you doing it kind of like in the same room so you could kind of all see each other and play yes, with each other? Yes, everybody was in the same room, yeah. And uh, and then uh, later, I guess, um, yeah, everybody on that show was in the same room. I've worked on other shows where you're individual or, you know, if it's anime or if it's dubbing, that's certainly, but uh, original animation, it's still done that way. I don't know if it's going to go back to that way uh, with um, when COVID, you know, with the new, we just got new um, regulations like that are union approved and people are starting to go back to work or, mm. or setting uh, uh, tentative production start dates on, movies and things like that so i don't know what the future is going to be but all the yeah people who are on shows right now have been doing it from home that is true and with that cast like i said it was uh it was a great show to to watch and when i'm a little kid watching the show you don't ever think to yourself oh this person doing the voice is really spot on and they're, they're doing this you're just enjoying the show and absorbing it and then, obviously, this great line of action figures came out of it. Did, do, do you have a Janine action figure from the Ghostbusters line? <laughs> I did not. I do not. And um, <laughs> I never thought – it's not – I know people think you get everything. Like, if you do a commercial for something, they'll give you a camera or a car. Or, uh, you know, in the old days, you could get your wardrobe half price. They used to let you do that. Because um, sometimes you might have some designer shirt or something that, you know, was $500 and they'd let you get, you know, take it for two if you wanted that or something, which is still a lot of money. Yeah. But um, no, I do not have, uh, I have some cells of Janine, but I do not have the action figure. I really think they could have made her cuter, don't you? <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things. She was uh, very cute in the cartoon, but action figures kind of now they're getting much better. We've seen these uh, companies like Sideshow Collectibles do these very detailed things, but I can only imagine in the 80s they weren't the best likenesses as much as they tried. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I wasn't around when they came out. I only saw them years later at Comic-Con uh, when I was a guest and I was like walking around and I just saw them, you know, it's like when I left the show and the uh, music left and Arsenio left, I think around the same time or a little bit later, I never looked back because it wasn't, it was, uh, kind of not cool it yeah. was all very odd and um so it wasn't anything i really talked about or did and and then i thought 
well, what else do I want to do? And I got really into ADR. And the reason for that is you don't have to audition. Ah. <laughs> and I really like, <laughs> I really like that. And you've done ADR and additional voice on a lot of projects from uh, blockbuster homes like The Butterfly Effect and A Knight's Tale, Mystery Men, which I loved, and then other animated projects as well, like Scooby-Doo too. So tell people who, obviously, people are familiar with voice work and, and, and animation and things, talk to us a little bit about what goes into additional voices and ADR voice. Oh, well, okay, so uh, it means additional dialogue replacement. And it can be a variety of things, like it can be the efforts and sound effects from the per, from the lead actors, you know, like if they're, let's say, let's say you have Nicole Kidman running and she doesn't come in and to do, you know, to do her breathing or something, you'll, they'll have somebody who has a voice match for her, hmm. or it would be, uh, let's say, uh, Brad Pitt is sitting at a table and he is talking to someone in a restaurant and there's uh, a, you'll see a shot and you'll see the tables around his table. Those people aren't mic'd, but they're moving their lips. So there has to be dialogue put into their mouth that matches. Mm. So they will hire a group of people. It could be four people. It could be, you know, 15 people, but um, depends if it's TV or movies to do all that, or if there's applause or, um, you know, you, you need like a working knowledge of a lot of things. If it takes place at a hospital, you have to be talking about hospital stuff. Uh, mm. So y you need to be kind of well-rounded and sometimes there's a lot of research. And uh, so I got into that and for a long time and I still do that. And you talked about a voice match. Is that something there's like a database? Like it'll say Laura Summer, voice match for Nicole Kidman, voice match for uh, Gina Torres and things like that? Or how do they no, place you? No, they don't do it like that. Well, sometimes if it if it is uh, like a whole sentence or something, you know, uh, it used to be they used to have a different version on airplanes. Mm -hmm. You know, they take the curse words out, oh, yeah. things like that. So there are some people who would do like Robert De Niro or, you know, um, somebody like that or Bruce Willis, you know, like say on the Die Hard movies. But usually, uh, in my experience, it's taken from someone in the group who's as closest match to the person they need to voice match. And it is, there might be some kind of database that I'm not aware of. I'm not an expert at voice matching. I have done it for, um, I, I did it on, um, for Linda Cardellini, actually on Scooby-Doo. And I, but she, I think she was kind of doing a voice also. I think she wasn't quite doing her own voice, but I, uh, and I've done it for Isla Fisher and I, I've done it for people because I'm the best one in the room to match. Ah, okay. And it seems like, with like you just said, there's the research that goes into it. You have to match uh, either their voice characteristics or whatnot. But there's no auditioning process. It almost sounds like it's as much work, though, as doing uh, a regular voiceover gig. So is it like you talked about Ghostbusters being two hours long? How long are the sessions usually for, for the ADR voice or additional voices? And we'll pause right there, take our first commercial break, come back chatting more with Laura Summers. Stand by.
Hey there, this is Tress McNeil, and you're listening to Geek to Me, and James is the cute one. <laughs> Welcome back to Geek to Me Radio. The show that would not be possible without the support of our sponsors, and we'd like to thank our premier sponsor, the City of St. Charles, the Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau. Uh, they've been with us since the beginning. You know them from the website that I always talk about, discoverstcharles.com. That's discoverstcharles.com. Check out that website to see all the things there are to do, uh, places to shop, uh, eateries that you can experience. A lot going on, especially as we ramp up to Christmas. As far as I know now, uh, Macy's is not having their Santa Claus for the first time in 157 years. St. Charles Christmas is going to have a Santa Claus. They're going to do it safely. They're going to take all the precautions necessary for COVID, but they're pulling it off. They're going ahead, and it's going to be very exciting to see. Uh, If you're from out of town... Look at the website because there's places to stay from uh, little bed and breakfasts or uh, up to modern state-of-the-art hotels with all the Wi-Fi and everything else you need uh, to make yourself feel comfortable when you travel. Check out the website to get all the information on the festival, on where to stay, on the things there are to see and do, on the places to eat, all that and more right out of the website, discoverstcharles.com. That's discoverstcharles.com. Before we took our first break, we were chatting with Laura Summer. And we'd asked her some stuff about what ADR versus a normal voice session, what's the difference? Oh, good question. Uh, For a film, it's all day. A feature film, it could be a few days. Uh, For a TV show, I've done a lot of Disney projects. And so, um, like I did Make It or Break It for, I don't know, five years. (laughs) Um, And um, switched at birth. And for like four years or five years, I don't know, a lot of episodes. And um, those sessions are very short because the the show runs under an hour. Mm. And it just really, really depends. And features, they tend to be way more specific. And it depends on the director. Um, but you don't audition only because you're kind of known to whoever puts the group together. There's always a group leader. And so they kind of know you and that's, you know, a lot of people want to do it and they, it's very competitive also. Hmm. That's interesting. That's a lot of the things it's, it's, you hear about all the people doing the voiceover work for these characters, but that's like a whole other realm that uh, I'm sure a lot of people right. aren't even aware of it. That's very fascinating. Right. But you like, I know there's people doing some ADR from home, but it's very tricky and you have to have another screen so you could see what's going on and then send different takes. I mean, what I don't think that that, yes, they, there is some stuff going on and people are doing it from home, but if, is that going to be the way of the future? I don't think so. I think they would like to have everyone in the same room. So everyone's level is the same. Hmm. And then you've also done, obviously, on-camera appearances in classic shows like Night Court, Facts of Life, uh, th- uh, things like that. When you're doing the on-camera stuff, do you prefer that to the voice? Because I know I've heard voice actors say both ways. They prefer the voice acting. They say, no, I kind of am good with the on-camera stuff, too. Do you have a preference? I'm much more nervous on camera. You know, I did some hosting uh, where I did interviews in the last few years, and I definitely get much more nervous because it's it's I hadn't hadn't done it in a long time Hmm. you know and i'm making it up as i go along you know i mean i have some questions to ask and sometimes i don't really know the 
you know, I had an opportunity where I would interview uh, some, you know, like I interviewed Rob Paulson, who I know, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners know, and, um, you know, all about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Pinky and the Brain and all that stuff. Well, I'm not like an expert at, you know, those cartoons. And so I had to do some research. And sometimes there's just not a lot of time to. Yeah, yeah. You have a great voice, by the way. Oh, that's kind of you to say. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that's, yeah. yeah, I love doing the radio thing. And it's uh, like I said, I get to talk to people like you, which is uh, this is always fascinating to hear about all these different roles. Uh, some of the other roles you've done, in fact, Digimon and Hello Kitty. You play Patamon and Mimi, respectively. When you go to conventions, uh, what was the do you remember the last convention you did? And what was the oddest thing someone has had you sign for them at a convention? Well, I never do signings, at least I not. I was going to start, but then with all this, I was going to do my first convention in Scotland. Oh, wow. I thought, yeah, so because it was a Ghostbuster fan day, and they were going to fly me there. And I thought, well, that would be cool because I've never done them. I've always turned them down and for different reasons. I've done, I've done Comic-Con because I like a panel, but I've never done signings. Let's okay. put it that way. But I've done, I've done like been on a voice panel and and Anaheim and I've done a few of those. Um, And I've just done them because a director asked me. And of course I would say yes, because, you know, you can reciprocate and you, and it's really nice to, to do that. And um, so I can't answer your question about what's the most unusual (laughs) thing (laughs) yet. I, you know, I've been asked about cameo and things like that. And, and I've considered it, um, but I just sort of haven't done it. And then I thought, well, I don't want to do it as me. I'll just do it as Janine. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I can dress up and just, there you, you know, <laughs> just like, hi, it's Ghostbusters. Um, but now my, I did something for somebody um, as a favor. And then I, on it, you know, in my living room it was for a little kid. And so I did it. And, and the dad said, Oh, he, that's Janine. This three-year-old said, Oh, that's Janine. Cause I have red hair and only my hi, a happy birthday. It became sort of a cross between Janine and Meryl Monroe. <laughs> you know, like that. <laughs> so you know, I thought I better go listen to how she sounds, <laughs> but the three-year-old was, you know, thought it was great. So. Yeah. That's, I know a lot of the people getting on cameo, uh, that's, it's doing gangbusters for, uh, for people out there. That's kind of cool that they have that little, again, it's one of those things, especially in COVID times, we can kind of connect yeah. with people who have contributed to, you know, us growing up. And we'll stop, take our second break, come right back, continuing our conversation with actor Laura Summers. Stand by. Welcome back to geek to me Radio. Chatting this hour with voice actor Laura Summer. And before we took that last break, we'd asked her, uh, talking about, you know, connecting with people, uh, tech like Cameo, helping connect fans with celebrities and kind of dig into that a little bit. 
Yeah. And the fans, you know, I just like got on Twitter a few months ago. I mean, I had an account, but it was like private and I never, I wasn't really into social media. And the last, you know, since COVID, I've been on Twitter a lot and it's love that Laura on Twitter. And I, it's really fun because I do mostly fan stuff. I try to hold back from saying any political things that I want to, (laughs) but you know, um, it's kind of, you could always see what people are talking about on Twitter and you know, what's happening right now and then follow whatever magazine or news outlet you want to. And, you know, cause I find it easier to read than listen to um, or watch TV. And, um, but the fan engagement is really fun. Yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, it, it, that's, it's kind of a double-edged sword, social media, because you get a lot of the bad stuff, but then there's also those great engagements that you know, people like you can reach out to their fans and hear, you know, from them, how much your, the, your work is meant to them. And that's really a great yeah. thing. Yeah. It's really, and I was so surprised because I just really was, especially all these years of doing ADR, I, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of anonymous. Yeah. It's not like, uh, oh, and, and it's like my parents in my twenties, they knew what I did because I was on TV a lot. Mm-hmm. So they saw it. And then when I got more into voice work, they really didn't even, they couldn't understand what I did. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of, I guess, a nice thing about doing the voice work, because if, if you're doing that, you still, as a celebrity, have your anonymity. You can still go out and get a gallon of milk at the store and not have people mob you and say, oh, my gosh, can I get your autograph? Right. Well, I wasn't that famous, James, I must admit. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I had some really big commercials and people did, you know, or, you know, and it's it's always odd, though, when people say, oh, what do I know you from? Because that's kind of like, a, <laughs> I, you know, a funny question. Right. Depends on what you've seen, I guess. That's uh, Yeah, <laughs> or like, you know, or some people are like, prove it, you know, basically. <laughs> I've had that happen too, you know, so, um, yeah. yeah it, <laughs> and what of, was the second part of your question? I'm sorry. No, I just said, it, I guess you, that's an enjoyable fact, though, is that you can do these projects and, and enjoy your craft and still have your uh, your privacy, more or less. I guess sure. that's just a nice facet of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the first time I went to Comic-Con in like 2000, I went to a voice panel. And I wasn't on that panel, but Wally Wingert was on the panel. And I didn't know him. I later worked with him on the Garfield show for five years. But... I saw people, there were like 1,500 people in the room. They were screaming for him like he was a rock star. (laughs) And I'd never seen anything like that, you know? Like, it's kind of funny. So once COVID uh, dies down, hopefully we get a vaccine and hopefully we can, uh, you know, kind of return to some semblance of normalcy. Uh, Are conventions something you're kind of more interested in doing now that you've had this positive fan interaction on Twitter and everything like that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll have to see. I mean, the Glasgow, um, Scotland, uh, I'd like to do that charity. Uh, I was just going to, you know, I was going to do that. And now it's been moved now twice. And I think now it, well, it was set for, it was June and November. And now I think it's for April. Hmm. So whether 
you know, flying is safe. I mean, I'm just not going to, you know, I'm in Los Angeles, people are taking this mask wearing and social distancing very seriously. I mean, not all people, but, um, you, you would get a ticket if you didn't have a mask on, um, in certain parts. And, uh, but people are taking the, the science very, um, seriously. And, um, so, but I don't know about getting on a plane. I will see, you know, but we've got a ways to go. Hopefully there'll be a vaccine or, you know, you know, because that's a small convention, I think going to be 500 people, but right now I'm not, I'm only around two people at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. You kind of, it's kind of, if you've been locked down for this long, we had starting in March, you know, and then you go all of a sudden all you're being around 500 people. That can be a little bit of a shock. Uh, just the difference. Yeah, but it's just one day. So I figured, well, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I think a lot of these conventions, knowing that they're, they've, uh, we've had all these conventions. I've talked to people who've missed out on, they have 10 or 12 planned for this year that, and they haven't been able to do them since February. And I think the conventions also want to make money. So I think they're really looking at how they can pull them off safely and following the guidelines and to, uh, get everything moving forward and make sure the guests feel safe as well as the people coming to see people like you. Right. Like, I don't think people, I don't, I think guests will be like, you know, shaking hands without right. a gloves on and just things like that, which was probably not a great idea anyway. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so, um, you know, and I'm thinking, why a flu shot? You know, I don't go anywhere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of these people, I, I, it was the biggest astonishment to me was finding out in April, why are we having to tell people to wash their hands after using the rest? Shouldn't that be just a thing you're doing anyway? Why are we suddenly out of hand sanitizer? What's going on? Right, right. Well, you know, um, I also, it's also like now they have somebody on sets, I've heard, that what shows you have to wash your hands in front of that person and they make sure you're doing it correctly. Oh, wow. It does have to be for 60 seconds and you have to get the back of your hands. And cause if you have that virus on your hand and you touch your, and you put it, your fingers in your mouth or, you know, on sets, they used to have like bowls of M&Ms and pretzels and oh, cookies. That's right, They're yeah. not, that's not going to have, nobody's going to be putting their hands in, you know, food anymore that everybody, you know, shares. Yeah, I'm sure craft services will have to definitely reinvent themselves going forward. Yeah, I heard everything. Well, I, I only know, uh, only because my sister told me she went to an event, you know, like a family of thing, and it was a, a party, and that was all outside, and the caterer, she just said everything was in individual little boxes, and, mm. you know, everybody got their own, and you know, that was a private event, but I'm sure they're going to do something like that. Yeah, probably so. That's, I mean, if we can move forward and get things kind of back to normal, whatever safety precautions have to be taken, I think that's fine. I agree. So if we do have another convention coming up, uh, hopefully I'll get to run across you because I've, I've got a Janine action figure and I'll, I'll have to have you sign it for me. <laughs> oh, okay. Of course. Yeah. I, I, it's funny because I got in, a, I started getting approached, you know, quite a bit this last year, before, right before all of this. And then there was a, 
guy that like some of the Digimon people they were trying to put together. And I had turned down panels before. And then I thought, well, I think it'll be fun, you know, now because um, Digimon seems so long ago, but then I did try. And then I, I am in, I guess I can say it, uh, the new movie. Oh, great. I didn't even, yeah, I am in the new movie. And, but Potamon does not take a, such a, it's not such a big part. He's kind of more on the back burner in that story. Mm. And in the reboot, I'm not even sure he's shown up yet. And they're into episode 15, but everybody else has. So I'm sure he's going to show up because all of the little Digimon people from Digimon Adventure have shown up. So I'm looking forward to that. I assume that I'll get to do it. <laughs> but so. I don't know. I don't know anything. I, it's not like I have any scoops for you or anything like that. That's right. We'll keep an eye on it. And as soon as it happens, then we'll know We'll know it's, uh, it's official <laughs> that that's Adamon's right. back. <laughs> that's right. Of all these projects you've done, do you have one that's uh, been the most fun for you? And we'll take our next break, come back, and wrap up our conversation with... Actor Laura Summer, stand by. Hi, everybody. This is Maria Canals Barrera. I voice Talk Girl on the Justice League, and you're listening to Geek to Me Radio. Welcome back to Geek to Me Radio. Chatting with Laura Summer, uh, we're celebrating the 34th anniversary of the real Ghostbusters cartoon, which was a staple of the 80s for me. I loved it. Uh, talked about all the great people she worked with. And she's worked on a lot of different projects, as we mentioned in the beginning. So, of course, I had to ask, which project has been the most fun? Not really. I mean, you know, you have to have love for them all. Yeah. And, and uh, when you do anime... Like when I first got Digimon, I had done another show, Super Pig, that I don't think ever aired. But I love that part. She was just this really pushy teenager that thought she was the prettiest and smartest. And um, she was obnoxious. And it was really <laughs> fun. And I didn't understand anime. I'd never seen it before because it's you're matching the flaps. Yeah. It's not like original animation where you just get to act. And then they do the artwork later. Um, and uh, so I did that show. And then I did Digimon. And I did Hello Kitty. It's all around in the same period of time. And I, when basically somebody introduced me to um, the casting person and over at, was that Saban? And then she said, oh, could you read this? And I said, sure. And I read it. And she goes, okay, you're going to play Heather, Heather Hogwash. And I went, <laughs> okay. So, you know, but the thing with anime, you work by yourself. Mm-hmm. It's just you and a room, which now is very appealing. Yeah. <laughs> with COVID, <laughs> you know? Sure. So I'd rather go to a place in a room by myself. But it doesn't pay or isn't the same, you know, interaction as, let's say, anything like ADR. You're with a group of people. No, I don't know how they're going to do that with different mics because, you know, voiceovers with other people, it isn't a, like a very sanitary uh, job. I mean, in terms of, you know, people are yelling, you might 
you know, there's a lot of spit going around. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. So we all, I don't know how it's going to work, but I try to love everything I do. And I think it really depends on the people you get to work with. Cause that's really what it's makes it fun. And that's what it's about. And just, uh, talking about that. I mean, the, the group you got to work with on the real ghostbusters, uh, we had Maurice LaMarche on the show a few times. Arsenio Hall obviously oh. is, uh, is epic. And then Lorenzo music was uh, the devastating loss when, when we found out we, he was no longer with us. Uh, but what, what a great cast. Oh yeah. And Lorenzo, I, you know, I had just, uh, I've been in LA you know, I went back and forth a little bit and then I would leave, go back to New York. And then I came out here and got that. And I didn't even know how to get anywhere. And Lorenzo would tell me how to go places because there was no GPS back then. And he was just a wonderful person, just a wonderful, wonderful person. And, um, you know, um, yeah, he died really way too soon. Absolutely. But uh, but a lot of people are still enjoying his work, obviously, and uh, not only the other stuff he's done, but as we've said, this is the 34th anniversary of the real Ghostbusters, and a lot of people were tweeting about that uh, a couple weeks ago when it was the right. actual day of. So that's and you were tagged in a lot of those. So that's got to feel good that people are still loving that project and tagging yeah, you and remembering you. Yeah, it's kind of wild. It, well, it's kind of wild, and then because of what happened, and then people will say because there were three Janines, and you know. I get a lot of, but you were the best. <laughs> you know, I get a lot of that. That's got to feel good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I never tweet that like, oh, they said I would, I would never. <laughs> but, you know, I do have a lot of fans who uh, people were very upset when they changed how she looked, mm-hmm. you know, and sounded at the same time. And um, I don't think that would ever happen today. And I'm really surprised. I mean, I've heard people say, is there going to be a reboot? Is there going to be a reboot? I mean, it seems right for it. Yeah. Um, you know, what's funny, just a little segue, is that, you know, Frank Welker, who would play Ray on Ghostbusters, took over Lorenzo Music's part on Garfield. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. he's Garfield. So when I first, when I got hired to do Garfield as the twins of uh, the nieces of John Arbuckle, and I was outside the door ready to go in of the booth, and you know, I couldn't go in because they were recording, and the, there's a little red light right outside the door, so you know, to, not to go in. And I could hear what was Frank doing Garfield and it was like, Oh my God, that would make Lorenzo happy Yeah, because Lorenzo and Frank were very friendly. I do remember that. And they're both really, you know, terrific guys. Absolutely. And, uh, like I said, hopefully we'll get back to normal. If a reboot does happen, uh, that would be huge. And obviously we're getting reboots of Animaniacs. We've had reboots of Thundercats and Voltron. So all these properties are enjoying new life. And I think an, 34th anniversary, 35th anniversary reunion of the original voice cast uh, would be fantastic. Yeah, or as close to it as they can get, you know. Um, So I'm up for that. (laughs) I sound the same. (laughs) I mean, I can can sound the same. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Perfect. And to let people know if they want to keep up with you, what are your social media handles? Is there a website? Uh, what can people do to look for you? Um, I'm love that Laura, L O V E T H E L A U R A. Um, for Laura summer at, on Twitter and Instagram right now, I'm sort of more into Twitter, but I do post, you know, I get a lot of artwork from fans, which is really nice. Oh, cool. A lot of Janines. I get a lot of, um, Potamons. <laughs> <laughs> and so I like to share them. So I did, I'll do that on Instagram. I don't, you know, and, uh, yeah, come follow me. Perfect. And we'll look forward to keeping up with you. And uh, I'd love to have you on again uh, once that anniversary reboot of Ghostbusters happens. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. I greatly appreciate your time. Oh, you're very welcome, James. And and you really do have a great voice. Thank you. That's kind of you to say thank you. Thank you again to Laura Summer for her time. Uh, just recently celebrated her birthday. So happy belated birthday to Laura Summer. Just follow her on Twitter. Uh, she's really super nice. I enjoyed my talk with her. We're going to take our last commercial break, come back, do a bit of housekeeping, so stand by. Hello, kitty. Play with us today. We'll laugh and sing on this lovely sunny day. All your friends are waiting for you. Hi, I'm Beck Taylor-Klaus from Voltron. I play Pidge, and you're listening to geek to me Radio. And we're back for the final segment here on geek to me Radio. I want to make sure we talk to you about our other sponsor, our official movie sponsor, Marcus Theaters. MarcusTheaters.com. Movies are back. They're not how we intended. We missed a lot of the big tentpole movies. I know a lot of movies got pushed back, but the movie theaters are there. MarcusTheaters.com is the website. Find one close to you. Uh, I know a couple weeks ago we just lost Sir Sean Connery, which was devastating to me. One of my very favorite uh, actors, period, and certainly one of my favorite people to play James Bond. And they were showing Dr. No this past weekend at select theaters. You can find all that out. Go to MarcusTheaters.com. Find the location closest to you. It might be a Marcus Theater. It might be a movie tavern. Either way, you're going to get a great experience at the movies. If you were like me during COVID, you missed going to the theater, getting the popcorn, getting the soda. Well, they've made it safe. They've made it contactless to pick up your concessions. Go to the, You can download an app, the Marcus Theaters app. Uh, and get your tickets online that way. Have the concessions ready when you get there so it's all contactless. They've installed safety measures. They've got social distancing, so it really is safe, I promise you. Uh, I've gone several times now. I felt safe. The people I took with me felt safe. It was great. MarcusTheaters.com. Find the one closest to you. Check out what's playing. See uh, all the cool things there are movie-wise going on, and please support these theaters because they need your business if we want to keep them here, and believe me, I definitely do. I want to thank Joey V once again, making these shows sound as good as they do. He's uh, sticking with me, and I greatly appreciate it. Also, please, as I mentioned at the top of the show, make sure you're following me on Twitter, at geek me Radio. We have a bunch of giveaways as we ramp up to our 200th episode, coming up with some fantastic guests ahead. And follow me on Instagram as well, at geek me Radio there, Facebook.com slash geek me Radio, and please go to YouTube, find me there, geek me Radio. Subscribe and uh, hit that little bell so you get notifications when each of our shows go up there. Until next week, my friends. It's not in the way you watch I sound be. It's not in the way you watch the flash. It's not in the way you love Scotty Young Art. It's not in the way you play Mario Kart. 
Headquarters, good night. Hi, this is James Enstall, host of Geek Me Radio, and in honor of my favorite Themyserian, I've decided to become an Amazon warrior. Hera, give me strength. The next time you want to buy something from Amazon, go to geektomeradio.com first and click on our Amazon affiliate link. Simply shop like you normally would, and when you check out, a small percentage will go towards supporting the show. So remember, the next time you want to search Amazon for the latest Wonder Woman graphic novel or parts for your invisible jet... Click through from geek 2 me radiocom first. The world was in peril. Would you have me stand by and do nothing? 